How's it going, everybody? This is Greg Bryant, your friendly neighborhood music crusader, a.k.a. The Watchman. Welcome to episode three of The Watchman's Other Music. Yours truly, Greg Bryant, The Watchman. It's uh, just a bit before noon, and I'm headed out of the house. Good news. We are now available on Breaker. We're now available on Radio Public. We're now available on Google Podcasts. And we're now available on Spotify. That's awesome. Hope you guys have enjoyed um, the first couple of episodes so far. Uh, we are not available on Apple Music yet, and I'm looking into it um, via the folks of the Anchor podcasting app, which, which is uh, what I use to cut this show. Um, it probably has something to do with, um, I don't know, playing music or something, but this is a podcast about music. Isn't it crazy how when you have the best intentions, sometimes you're derailed. Um, Clark Terry in a documentary, uh, a quote from him, I'll tell you, no good deed goes unpunished. Um, you know, I'm a former radio DJ. Um, now of course I play bass and I manage, um, two bands and essentially I understand the need for publicity. You know, people need to hear what it is that you do. So, I want to share music with my listeners now understood naturally um, the BMI, ASCAP, CSAC and so forth. You know, I don't have a music license, but people could still claim plays from my show if I were to play their uh, situation. And, you know, I really don't understand what the hitch and the hiccup is in, you know, playing music. DJs were responsible at one time for over 50 percent of all album sales. And still to this day, you know, you discover music, you'll want to purchase it, you'll want to stream it. Um, it's platforms like these that make music possible. So I don't know Apple Music, y'all have to get something better in, in place structure wise, because we're trying to promote folks out here and you guys are holding us back. But who cares? Like I said, we're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Yay. Radio Public. Yay. Breaker. Yay. The Watchman's Other Music. Please tell your friends. Spread this show, um, it's musings about music and life in the music from this humble perspective, um, but I really appreciate those of you who have checked this out so far and are spreading the word. We're going to um, be uh, kind of doing a big push to get the word out about the show. I've really been enjoying it. Um, if you followed me before, I had a former podcast by the name of Jazz Watch, and it got some really great momentum. We had some great interviews. Many of those I've archived, and uh, at some point, I'll probably go back into that stash, and um, we can revisit some of those nice chats we had with some of the legendary masters of music. But um, today, I got to get out to the studio. I've been shedding this music Drummer Marcus Finney, I don't know if you know that name, many of you may, some of you may not. He is a brilliant composer, drummer, um, most noted for his tenure 
uh, with the great saxophonist Kirk Whalum, as well as the blues masters Taj Mahal and Keb Moe. He's been touring uh, in and out of both of those bands uh, for the last several years, still is, as a matter of fact. But uh, Marcus has taken some time out to do his own music, and he has graciously uh, entrusted me with the bass. I don't know why. I still don't know why. We have a ball playing together. But man, Marcus writes some tunes that are just brain busters. Um, this new tune, appropriately titled Discombobulated, that's uh, how I felt until just recently. So I'm having positive thoughts. We're going to have a great studio session. We're going to track this tune with all of its uh, metrically uh, modulated shifting uh, time signature. Well, it doesn't really shift time signatures, but it's sort of an odd way of phrasing um, to nine or, 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 or six, maybe. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how this comes out. Marcus actually has um, several originals that are just, you know, have made me grow as a player. So I'm grateful to be a part. Um, we've kind of got a loose collective of cats uh, here in Nashville. Um, in my band, my solo project, the Greg Bryant Expansion, I'll be talking more about that in the weeks to come. But Marcus has been using the same configuration for uh, his project. I think today we're adding a guitarist. But uh, the great Paul Horton, um, my co-leader of the Concurrence Project, we'll be talking about that in future episodes as well. May even have Paul on the show. Um, and then uh, Jovan Coelho, brilliant young saxophonist, arranger, composer, rounds out uh, this cast of four. And uh, we've been growing in brotherhood musically, and we've been forging um, a language. We're in the beginning developing stages of, of a language, an identity as a band. You know, that identity thing is a funny piece in life. Um, mine was actually compromised a couple of days ago. Somebody put a $200 charge on my account from Nike.com. Now, Lord knows I would love a new fresh pair of J's or Air Force Ones, but uh, I'm working toward that. Someone totally copped my account the other day, and I've been working through it. It's all now been resolved, thankfully, but man, that is a violation. Somebody just taking your numbers, somehow pimping them out through coding, whatever they do, and <laughs> making a fraudulent charge... I'm lucky that that's maybe only the second time that that's happened. Um, but yeah, it's it's creepy. Watch yourselves out there. Watch your you know, purchases. Make sure you're checking your bank statements and so forth. But that thing has got me thinking about identity today. And what does it mean to be original? What does it have to have a style, an outlook, a sound? Is your voice compelling? Is it compelling enough that people pay attention to it? Is it compelling enough that people want to borrow from it to learn or enhance what it is that they're doing on their own? What is identity? Is identity even necessary in all in art? Should we just be vessels for the creative to flow through? I'm really not sure I have a definitive answer about that anymore. Um, surely in blues, in 
so-called jazz music, in rhythm and blues, up until, I would argue, um, potentially the middle or the early 1990s. I feel as if art was rendered from the perspective of you need a perspective. It's important to tell your story. Be versed enough in the tradition so that you know what has come before you. Allow it to be a part of your DNA. But when you speak, you tell your story. Now, I think the shift is more towards having the ability to be great. And that is definitely a need and a responsibility. Tweaking, tuning, reshaping, refining, resurfacing. But not at the cost of telling a story, I don't feel. I think a lot of players these days and a lot of audiences have been wooed and shaped as well as critics into accepting that the dominant perspective be that of artistic precision. It's cool if we really don't know what's going on because we can fake that we're hip and pretend that it's the best thing. But if something is understandable, if something is palatable, if it challenges us to a point but then is accessible to maybe even people outside of our discipline, then somehow it's less than. Somehow it's saccharine. Somehow it's not as special. Somehow it's not as commendable. I really don't dig that. I really think that we have to shift to a perspective of identity is important. We need enough ability to execute our ideas. But to a point, what do we overserve our listeners, our audience, our public with a consistent barrage of, again, technique before content? Another good friend of mine, Giovanni Rodriguez, percussion player, bassist, trumpeter, multi-instrumentalist, says he'd rather be moved than impressed. And I think that's where I'm going to. I don't mind Avant. I love it. I love things that would be so-called fusion, um, things that are technique, um, supreme, superior. But I like it when persons use that to speak from their voice, to tell their story. And very simply, you do that by living, experiences, maturity. Elvin Jones, one of the great drummers, in my opinion, as great as he was through the golden era of jazz, there was almost a different, as potent Elvin towards the end of his life. When you listen to Elvin Jones from 1990 through 2004, the year of his death, there's a different, there's a, there's a different guy. There's a musical wisdom there that is rarely surpassed. There's all the power. There's still the technique. But there's a wisdom there. There is, there's a living. There's a spirit there that transcends music. I want to be like that. I want to have musical wisdom. And I don't want to wait until I'm 50 or 60 or 70 to begin to get it. I want to also be able to develop more of a compositional voice so that when I'm ready... 
I can comment. I can let the creative channel flow through me in a way that would be moving rather than impressive. Just some things I've been thinking about. Identity, identity through art. My art of choice happens to be improvisational music. I call it the other music. So um, take that. If you have a question via the Anchor app, ask it. Anchor.fm. It's a cool uh, app that allows me to produce this very show. Um, all the other platforms, I'll give them to you um, probably next episode because I've got to get out of here soon. But if you think things, if there are things you want me to talk about, if there are things that are on your mind that um, we can have a discussion about, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. Yours truly, The Watchman. This is The Watchman's Other Music. We're going to get out of here today with um, actually one of my tunes. Um, this is called Vibranium. Of course, borrowing from the uh, substance of life and vigor found in the fictional yet powerful um, country of Wakanda, the Black Panther, y'all. That's a movie that moved us this year. And um, yeah, this tune is uh, sort of an ode to um, the graphic novelist and essayist Ta-Nehisi Coates, as well as the um, ideals and vibe behind um, what made the Black Panther um, special. Uh, something coming out of the shadows uh, from the late 60s, now rising to prominence and popularity uh, in 2018. So this one's called Vibranium. This is a live recording from um, my group, the Greg Bryant Expansion. Going to see these fellows today under the tutelage of drummer Marcus Finney. You'll hear him here on this. Paul Horton on piano, my co-leader in uh, the Concurrence Project. And Jovan Coelho out front on uh, saxophones. So uh, this one was recorded at Rudy's Jazz Room Nashville uh, just about two months ago now. Um, we play there again on August the 28th. If you're coming through town or if you're nearby, we'll be there again on Tuesday, August 28th. But here is the Greg Bryan expansion on The Watchman's Other Music. Some vibranium, y'all. Take courage. Take care.
Wow.